0: the Social Media Mindset Podcast. Social media is hard, but trying to do social media as somebody else is impossible. Do you struggle with imposter syndrome? Do you hate seeing yourself on camera? Are you unsure of what platform to be on and how often to show up there? Well, join the club. On every episode, you'll hear a real life person talk about their successes and struggles on social media, how they overcame their own insecurities, and they'll give practical insight for you to apply today. So, if you're ready, let's start the show. What is up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Social Media Mindset and I'm pumped today because I've got I've got Ken. That's how he said. He was like, "How should I introduce you?" I'm Ken from Orlando. And so I've got Ken. You want to know his last name? Go look him up. I'm not even going to say it. But can, guys, here, here's here's what I'm excited about this episode for because you do YouTube at an incredibly high level. I, I looked this morning; you're at almost twenty five thousand subscribers. Yep, pretty dope, right? That's that's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. And you do unbelievable video content. And so, man, I just I want to jump in here. Everybody's gonna know. Everybody knows who you are. That's gonna listen to this podcast. And uh, if they don't realize it's you, they'll figure it out soon <laughs> enough. What? That's fair. Take us back, man. Like, what was going on in your business when you finally decided we're going to do this YouTube thing? And even if it sucks at first, like we're going to just keep doing it. Like, talk us through that.
1: Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, I'm originally from Michigan, and uh, I, had, I had built a business up there. You know, we're doing over 100 sides. You know, 100 families served up okay. in Michigan. And uh, in in 2016, my wife and I were like, you know let's relocate, or let, actually we came down, we're like, we're going to just, let's buy a second home in Florida. Like, cause how cool would it be to like, get away from Michigan winners and, uh, and lo and yeah. behold, we decided like, we're just going to move instead. Wow. And so, and so we relocated in 2016. uh, And it was like, you know, a little bit of transition between selling in Michigan and in Florida. But then it was like, what do I do when I get here? Right. And it was like, I had money saved up. You know, we had a little bit of a, a nest egg because things were going well in Michigan. And so I started buying Zillow leads and radio ads and hiring ISAs to cold call for me and all of this stuff that costs a lot of money. And, um, you know, I looked up six months later and I had burned through a lot of money and I was like, this sucks. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not ROI positive on any of these things. So I'm just going to strip it back down and, and, and see what happens. And so go old school. And so it was like, oh, you know, open houses and all this other kind of stuff. And uh, a friend of mine was like, hey, I'm doing these these YouTube videos about model home tours and like, hey, you're, you're getting to know Orlando anyways. You're not from Orlando. So why don't you just while you're there, you know, doing these model home tours for yourself, just turn the phone around and, and start putting them on YouTube. Wow. So I did, and uh, I did like a hundred and you know, hundred plus, hundred twenty, something like that, over three months. It's like a little more than one a day, and um, just editing it on my editing on my, my Mac, you know, iMovie, you know, dragging in some royalty free music, and not really knowing what to do. Um, but then one of the times I was like, I question I kept getting asked was like, Hey, where did you guys move to? And it was this place called Celebration, Florida. And I was like, I'm just going to do a top ten video on Celebration, Florida. And lo and behold, that video got like forty thousand views in like a month, and I was like, and people started calling, and it was like, hey, you know, you obviously are the expert. Uh, (laughs) We want to call you. We want we want to use you. So I'm like, all right, so the model home tours are not helping me. I'm not doing these well, but I could do like more talking head video stuff. And so over the next you know few years, I became more of a student. I hired a coach. Uh, Daryl Eves is, was my coach. And i um, just trying to figure out the, the content game a little bit more. And what I found was that if you shoot video for people that are actually looking for stuff like moving to Orlando or best best suburbs in Orlando, or you know, there's so many different ways to do it that you'll get discovered. YouTube will push algorithm and uh, and then you'll grow. So so then, yeah, now look up, you know, we've been doing YouTube for four years. We got 25,000 subscribers. Uh, last year, we closed over 1.4 million in GCI directly from YouTube, like people like trackable. Hey, we've wow. been following you on YouTube. We want to yeah. YouTube. Um, and then now this year, we're already, I looked at our numbers this morning. We're already at 81 million year to date here in the first beginning of March. So um, and is a lot that of good? That's pretty good. Yeah, Yeah. I think. Yeah, that's pretty. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, we'll do something like two hundred
0: million this year. Come on, bro. That's awesome. So I want to. So YouTube's it, man. I want to go backwards for a minute, you know, because this podcast is all about the about mindset, right? So what I think is easy to overlook in your story is that you said I did a hundred over a hundred videos that sucked before I did the video that ultimately got me where I was hoping to go. And it's easy to overlook that part, right? And just you know, say, "Ken, man, help, help me not do it that way." And I don't know if that's possible. Like, take us back to the mindset when when your buddy's like, "Dude, just show up in these model homes and like start doing some videos." What what were the mindsets that you had to overcome to not only hit the record button, but to keep doing them even when they weren't performing?
1: So I didn't have any other choice, man. It was I didn't have you know it was like. I knew i couldn't keep doing open houses every weekend because i was missing my family and you know it, was, it just wasn't my thing you know i'm not a cold call guy you know so talk about yeah. mindset like you like you know anything that you do and you're going to do well you have to believe in and you know i believe in any of these things i guess they all work but i don't believe in it for me and so i was like i'm looking for that thing that i can do really really well that is going to produce the results that i'm looking for and i found that in content creation and so youtube became my medium. And now we're doing. You know, we've got a whole other website. We've got bloggers on staff, and um, growing out our other mediums, like our newsletter, our e-newsletter, and um, so. So, we found some things that I became passionate about. And so, when you go back to the mindset, is like I didn't know any better, but I knew that I wanted something different. And so, yeah. I'm going to go all in on this thing until I figure it out. And so, um, that's you know, I've been asked before, like you know, you get on stage, and the, the speakers always ask, like, so what's your superpower? And like, I had to think about that quite quite some time, and. My superpowers, I just don't give up. Like mm. I'm just, just dogmatic about it. I just dig in and, and don't give up until it works or I figure it out. And so that's it,
0: man. That's the mindset game. So for for the realtors and, and lenders that listen that that are kind of early in on this, what would your advice be? You know, looking back to those first hundred plus videos that you did in 90 days, what what advice could you give them now? That you can look back and go, man, if I would have just known this, I maybe could have shortened that curve or, or, or Mm. done a little bit better. So I think, you know, shooting content, it's
1: so important to shoot content. That's for, it's not for you. You know, like Mm -hmm. I think a lot of agents and broker, like mortgage brokers, title people, they shoot content about how amazing they are. Yeah. And the thing that I think the problem becomes is that nobody's searching for how amazing Kyle and Ken are. Right. They're not they're they're looking for a problem to get solved yeah and so if you if you change your your paradigm around that and you're like hey um h- how can I help you solve a problem in in which doing so is going to make your life better that gets found and connected to so much more so than anything else and so if you look at our content it's very like the ones that every once in a while I'll sneak one in there that's like Something for me at this point that I, yeah. I want to shoot that piece of content because I wanted to watch it. Right. Um, and those are always the ones that bomb. And then I'm it's sure the one, like I'm giving a ton of value for other people right. that, you know, get thousands and thousands of views. So, anyways, that's the difference there.
0: So, tell me about I was watching some of your videos last night and I noticed that you don't typically introduce yourself mm. and on YouTube. I mean, I feel like almost any channel I watch, right? Everybody's like, what's up, guys? It's Kyle Draper, right? Another episode of whatever it's called. But you don't. And I coach people not to introduce themselves. So when I noticed that, I was like, yes, but I have no idea if like why you don't is is why I don't. So I'm just fascinated. Is yeah. that intentional?
1: It is. Yeah. I mean, my early videos uh, used to say that, you know, it was literally like, Hey, I'm Ken Poza, Keller Williams here in Orlando. You know, today I'm going to walk you through. Sometimes I even expound like, you know, when I moved here, this is what I want, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and then I found that, you know, YouTube rewards you for watch time. And so, you know, you've got click-through rate on your on your thumbnails. Mm-hmm. The more click-through rate you get on your thumbnails, the more that they're going to push you. And then the secondary thing is watch time. So if, if, some, if your video is five minutes long and people are bouncing after 10 seconds because they're like, who's this agent that I don't really care about? That's bad. Your videos will not get pushed through the algorithm. Okay. So, um, uh, whereas, you know, if so, so, so knowing that I got rid of that intro altogether and I'm just like, hey guys, today we're getting into the top five reasons why people are moving all over the country here to Central Florida. Let's get into it. Number one is, and then boom, right. And so I've grabbed their attention. Sometimes we do a little hook with the video to kind of show people what they're going to see in the video to get them more engaged. And so uh, the, the game is, how long can you keep somebody on your video? And if you had, you know, 60% completion plus, like you're doing pretty darn good yeah. on average. And um, and then from there, it becomes how long can I make videos? Can I make a 10 minute long video and keep yeah. 50, 60% retention? Can I make a 20 minute long video and keep 50, 60% retention? If you can do that, then then you've figured out the game and, and then YouTube's going to push your stuff.
0: So... I want to dig into the the two things you said: thumbnail and watch time, because yeah. that's unique, right? Like Facebook and Instagram, they're not they're not using the algorithm the exact same way. No. And, and so, when you talk about watch time, you know the question I get asked everywhere I'm speaking is like, "How long should my ideal video be?" And it's short, 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 short. When we're talking Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube is obviously different. Is there like do you coach that there is that optimal time frame or is it anywhere from, you know, this to that?
1: So YouTube is a very personal sort of thing, but what we do know is that the longer longer watch time the better. And so I always right. say you're playing that personal game of getting a little better of how can I make my videos a little longer and still keep the same watch time. And so for us like our average video is 7 to 8 minutes long because we okay. found that that's what our audience likes. And so now I've seen plenty of other places where videos are 20, 30 minutes long and they crush. Sure. Um, I think one minute's just not close enough at all, just because there's really no value there uh, that you can get across. And so I think you got to remember like your, your viewer on YouTube is again, looking typically maybe to be entertained, but a lot of times to come there to have a problem solved. And so if you you typically can't get a problem solved in less than a minute, (laughs) so no uh, Facebook yeah. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of those, you know, shorter the better, but on YouTube, it's it's playing that game of how long can I make this?
0: So seven to eight minutes is what you found was right for your audience. I, I know some people here, local in Dallas, Fort Worth, where I am that are realtors that they're in that 20, 25, 30 minute range for the rookie YouTuber. Is it, is it a three minute minimum? Like would you give people a minimum that they should say- start trying? I would, I would say four to five minutes is going to be on the short side. Like if I put out a six minute video,
1: I'm like, dang, I don't know if I got enough, enough through at that point. Right. Yeah. Um, And and so to me, that's a really short video. Um, but we do, man, we do YouTube lives every other Saturday for an hour. Wow. And I get hundreds of people to watch live. Wow. And thousands that watch the, re- the replay afterwards with like really, really good retention. So again, I think it's just, you know, if you feel like you're bringing value and you can keep it, I would, I would start with that four to five minutes
0: and then see how far you can push it. With Yeah. I love that. That's great. So talk about live. I love live video mm-hmm. secretly. Well, it's not a secret. I tell everybody that's willing to listen that mainly it's because it requires no editing. Yeah. And so well, like, why did y'all decide to start doing YouTube live? How is that content different from the traditional videos you guys are doing? And, you know, do you like it more or less than, than the, than, you know, pre-recorded content?
1: If, if I could, uh, if I could make the money that I make today and do a YouTube lead, YouTube, YouTube live every single day, I would, I love it so okay. much. Uh, it's, it's my favorite thing I get to do every yeah. week. Yeah. It's like, it's seriously, I, I prepare for it. I'm ready. You get 200 for me, 250 or so of your like quote fans or subscribers that want right. to come to you talk about the thing that you're good at. That's a cool thing. Right. And so, um, what, what ours look like is I typically I'll prepare for, like I said, a couple hours beforehand. And it's like, uh, I try to find the, the top seven to eight stories around Orlando for the week. And it's like theme parks, real estate, and life in Orlando. So it might okay. be the new the new food hall that opens up, the new ride at Universal, uh, and then I do real estate stats. And so I, I want somebody to watch to like feel like they get a really good scope of like what Orlando life is about. And then I do thirty minutes of Q and A, and literally, wow. we'll, get, we'll get like you know hundreds and hundreds of questions. And so then I can just riff, right? But as a new person, like if you're going to go live and you have no viewers. Um, You could still do this. Like you could still go get seven or eight topics around town and say, "Hey, I'm just going to go live here and talk a little bit about our area." And then you you have a second screen set up to where like we use Streamyard, and so like you can literally toggle back and forth. And it's just like, "Hey, let me show you what I'm talking about." And you're scrolling through, and you know, there's this new brewery opening up. So if you're into like local brews and you want to get a burger and this and that, this is the developer behind it. This is the story uh, of the owner who's opening it. I think it's really really cool. The next story is, and then you just keep going down. And, um, you know, and and constantly asking, you know, Hey, down in the comments below, let me know what's your favorite food hall or your favorite neighborhood or your favorite, whatever down below. Right. And so now you're getting engagement and YouTube loves that stuff. And so, um, like you said, it's, there's no editing, you know, just jump on and go.
0: And so why did you guys choose to do it every other, as opposed to every Saturday, once every two months? Like, did you use data to determine that, that every other weekend was your sweet spot?
1: Uh, yeah, it, it, I wish, I wish I did. It was more so my family obligations. I wanted to okay. be able to say like, you know, I'm not working every weekend. Sure. Um, so I work for three hours every other Saturday. And, and other than that, on the weekends, I'm off, um, um, and so the, the three weekends is or three hours is just for the show. Okay. So um, we have noticed though, like I have played with it on, I did like an off week cause we were traveling. And uh, a couple of weeks ago I did one on a Tuesday night just to try it out at like yeah. 7, yeah, 7 PM. And we had darn near like 300 people show up where I'm wow. used to having like 200. Yeah. So, um, you know, play around with the times for sure and figure out where your audience is. I mean, here in Orlando, we have a lot of people that watch from the UK, so okay. they're five hours ahead of us.
0: Oh, yeah,
1: at night, right? Cause they're sleeping. Right. Um, Yet we have a lot of people moving from the West coast. So if I do it at like 8 PM, that's 3 PM for them and they can maybe catch it, you know? Sure. So you got to like, look, look, know your audience
0: that way as well. It's huge. And, and I, I want to make sure we touch on, you know, cause you just mentioned thumbnails as the two, right? You talk about thumbnails, watch time yep. is, is what YouTube's really looking at to decide if your video is worth a crap and if they're going to, you know, Push it or not. What do you like? Could you give us just a couple tips when it comes to thumbnails or like do not ever do this? Mm -hmm. And then here's what I would suggest. Yeah. So I think um, if when you're
1: doing your thumbnails, and for those of you guys don't know, thumbnails are just the little photos that when you're scrolling through YouTube, that the photo represents the video. And, And the reason why thumbnails are so important, well, there's a lot of reasons, but one, you could create the best video ever. You could be so proud of your content. You could have done the perfect con- you know, intro with the greatest B-roll. But if nobody clicks on it to watch, mm-hmm. nobody's going to know. Right. And so slowing down to get your thumbnail game is, is so important. So uh, A, B would be um, it, while you're editing it, make sure you shrink it down really small and look on your phone because so much of video that's consumed is on the phone. And so if you're creating this, ama- like a lot of people will edit on a really big screen. It looks amazing. But then once you, crop it down and it looks super tiny. Yeah. Uh, nobody's going to be able to see what it looks like. So I think um that is important. Like, you know, how many words you put on a thumbnail? Like we're trying to go to like like 1 to 3 words. Uh and so okay. sometimes we go no words, but I found like 1 to 3 is great. Now some people will stack it with a paragraph on the thumbnail. Well, that's not ideal because nobody can right. read it. You know? Right. Yeah. Um so and then the third thing I would say about thumbnails is just like Um, having intriguing enough to where people are going to want to click, like, you don't have to tell the full story. It's kind of like, you know, it's not clickbait, but it's intriguing enough to where people want to click on it. And then the fourth thing I would say around that is look at what your competition's already doing. So if you're doing a moving to Dallas video, go to YouTube, type in move to Dallas, and then whatever they're doing, do the opposite Mm -hmm. because you're going to stand out in the result. So if everybody's blue and yellow, you are white and red or, you know, whatever it might be. Right. Right. Um, so that kind of lets you, you know, stand out through the scroll,
0: man. I love that. Um, how, how have you learned from, cause I I've got Daryl's book and you know, I mean, there's, there's just, there's so much goodness in there. You, you mentioned that Daryl was your coach. I, I don't know if he still is your coach. No, I wish I could afford him at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so give us, um, Cause if you can't afford him, then most, most realtors probably also can't afford him. So yeah. can you give us like, what was early on when you, when you hired him, what was the biggest aha moment that he gave you that you hadn't at that point been able to come up with yourself?
1: Uh, immediately, I think of two things. One is the content bucket strategy. So like I have three content buckets and he talks about essentially, you know, figuring out which bucket should be in your niche. Like if you okay. look at Mr. Mr. Beast, so for those of you listening that don't know who Daryl Eaves is, he's kind of like the, the guy behind the guy on like 20 channels that all have a million plus subscribers. Uh, like he knows how to build a channel. He knows what works, what doesn't work. And so he was like, if you look at Mr. Beast's like channel, who's got, you know, 80 million subs. Yeah. He's like, we've got, he has like Mr. Beast Reacts videos. That's one bucket. He's got uh, the big video, like the big cinematic, you know, like squid game remake. And then he's got, I forget what like his other bucket is, but he's got like very similar videos that he just keeps repeating, but in those three buckets, and it, it kind of helps with the algorithm and keeps you thinking in a little bit different way. Your videos don't get stale. Your audience has a variety, and you're also hitting the algorithm in different ways based on different search results. And so for me on my buckets, it's like, I do these, one of our buckets that I'm, it's crushing right now is like coming soon to Orlando. Okay. The second one is moving to Orlando And then the third one is like property tours or like something like Shaq. I did Shaq's tour. I've done luxury tours, how to build a custom home that kind of thing. Um, And and so that's my buckets. And so it it makes your content calendar really clear that way too. Like, you know exactly what you're going to be putting out. Um, You don't burn out the same topic too much. That's great. So that's, I would say the biggest takeaway that I learned. Okay. Um, The the second thing was uh, the repeater video. Like if you have something that, really does well on your channel, do it again a year later. Like a lot of people Mm -hmm. think like, oh, I did a moving to Orlando video a year ago. I can't do another one. But what you got to remember is your channel has grown, right? That the amount of people that actually watch your videos is actually probably only 20% of your subscribers. The rest of the 80% are everyone else. And so if you have something that works, don't be afraid to redo it and make it better and add to it and say, Hey, I did the video last year and here's the three things I'm going to add to that video. And then you just kind of like, you know, don't take the same exact video and repost it, but it's just like, Hey, here's the top five reasons I talked about before. I'm going to add three more. And then like, it's amazing. So I, for example, if you want to look at my channel, I did a video on reunion. I've done three videos on reunion, one a year for the past three years. Okay. Every time I do them, I add like 10,000 viewers to each one. Wow. So it's like the first one was just like me doing a driving tour. It got like a thousand views. The next one was like a little bit better. I talked about the top five reasons why people live in reunion. And then I literally basically to the video the exact same time, uh, eight months ago. And it had 30,000 views within a month. So, um, it, th- those things definitely work,
0: man. I love that. And I have just got one question left for you. And sometimes this goes really well. And sometimes this results in terrible answers. So we'll just see, you know, we'll see how this goes. I like off the cuff. You get, obviously, most of the podcasts you do or, or when you're on stage, you're talking about YouTube, right? And so what is the question that you don't get asked that you should when it comes to YouTube strategy or video content? Like, Does something come to mind that you're like, why don't people ask me about this more?
1: Yeah. So I think, um, yes, cause so many people that have me on stage, it's, it's from that 10,000 foot view and they don't really understand all of the other things that it takes. So, um, I'll give you my like four keys, to content success on yes. YouTube that I don't really share. Okay. Um, one is all of the stuff we just talked about getting good at actually YouTube, figuring out the process and how to post and what to post and all that. That's one, like, that's just, that's just the super basic stuff. Yeah. The second thing though is like, is the consistency is just being massively consistent post at least once a week forever. Like we're posting twice a week and we'll eventually go to three times and and put out a ton of content. Right. Um, But being super consistent, but then three, like figuring out how to convert these leads are really, really important because If you shoot a video, but then you're not consistent, you won't have growth. If you're consistent, but you can't convert leads, you're not gonna keep being consistent anymore because you're like, I'm not making any money. And then the fourth fourth pillar is the leverage. So for us now, we've built a massive business. We have, we get, you know, three to 500 leads a month and I can't service them all. And so uh, it's bad for the client experience if they don't hear from me or somebody or help buy and sell a house. And so, you have to get really good at leverage, and so now we have two inside salespeople. I've got a team of fourteen agents. Um, we've got our operations team. We've got our marketing team, and we're we're building this behemoth. Um, you don't have to do any of this; like you can just do sure. this on your own, and you know, if just be a single agent, It's totally fine. Um, but if you want to scale, you have to be really good at all four of those things. Yeah, and they all help each other, and so um, that's like the one thing that I don't I don't really get to talk about on stage, but like to me, that's the the keys to the kingdom. If you want to do business,
0: I love that. And so I'd like to have one additional follow-up to to what you just said. Cause so in number three, converting those leads, what was the biggest differentiator when like what happened, your conversion started going up? So the beautiful thing about YouTube leads is that they're probably
1: the most Low funnel leads you're ever going to get, meaning like Facebook leads are like super top of funnel. They're probably two, three, four years out. Maybe they're just browsing around. Yeah. You know, there's there's no real intent there. You're just doing a forced registration to see the pictures of a house, right? Whereas YouTube, they're reaching out to you because they've been following you for the past year and that sort of thing. That being said, only fifty percent of those people are looking to transact in the next ninety days. And so, setting up a system that you can do the long term follow up on and stay relevant in their life one way or the other um, for the long game is where the, the sexiness kind of comes in for me because it's like that long-term, like I've been following up with this person for a year, but you doing it all personally is probably not going to work. And so having right. a system that does it for you is a big deal. So um, like for us, we, we created the Orlando Real. It's a weekly newsletter that comes out weekly, uh, um, <laughs> obviously. Uh, and then it's all things, real estate, theme parks, and life in Orlando. That's our okay. approach, right? Um, so they hear from us. It's the new listings. It's the new rides. It's the new things in Orlando. Um, and then once a, a month, our ISAs are turning through those those leads to follow up. Hey, just want to make sure you're getting our newsletter okay. if you need anything. So that's like where the profitability is for us in a really, really big way. Because if you're only doing the low hanging fruit and you're leaving all of those other people on the table, you won't scale. And so um, so long-winded so and say, you know, don't just take the, the low hanging. Yeah. have a plan together for the, for the long-term nurtures. Man, I
0: love that. And in, in, in our last 60 seconds, just give a tip for the, the realtor that that's listening to this, that's considering starting YouTube. What, what's your, in, you know, in under a minute, what's your tip to them for where to start, what to do next, what okay. mindset to protect, whatever.
1: Yeah, so I think um, when you're looking at getting on YouTube or you're building a newsletter or you're on Instagram or TikTok, um, I think those are four equally great things. Um, Understand that you're building an asset that no one else can really take away from you. Mm. Could TikTok go down? Sure, but it's going to be back up. Can YouTube go down and change their algorithm or change how they do something? i guess right um, if you own an email database nobody's taking that from you cuz right. you know you got it, you got a list um, but this is a very different world than paying for a zilla lead or you know ql like quicken loans or you know redfin leads however else home Light, right you're paying these guys 20 30 40% referral fees and you're beholden to them to send them to you if they shut mm-hmm. them off your business is going under right whereas when you're building a content asset is what I like to think of it as like, nobody's taking that away from you. And that's where your things get very powerful and very profitable yeah. because whoever controls the lead controls the business. Mm. And so if you focus in on, on this, um, this could, this could change your life,
0: man. I love it. So good. Such a great way to finish. Ken, how, how do people find you? Uh, where where so- do you want them to find you? Yeah. I find me on Instagram. I mean, I, I, I give away a little tidbits
1: of, of my life. And if you decide to follow me on YouTube after that, that's great. But uh, at Ken Posick is my
0: Instagram handle. All right. Cool. We'll have all that in the show notes, dude. Thank you. I know you're busy, so I appreciate you so much coming sure. on and adding, adding so much value. You got to do. Thank you guys. This was it. This is the episode that could change your life and alter your business forever. If you, if you choose to go all in, And so I hope you took some good notes. We'll be back real soon with another cool person with an even cooler story. See ya. Thanks for listening to the social media mindset podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow and reach out to my guest. Also, please consider sharing and leaving a review wherever you consume this content. Because this is the world we live in and your review online for others to see is invaluable for the success of this show. And remember, you're amazing. Talk to you soon.